Welcome to the Ship Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, August 16th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. So it's been yet another eventful week for gold. The price of the yellow metal has yo-yoed throughout the week, moved up and down by various events that have pushed their way through the news cycle. The first big move was down. Earlier this week, gold took a one-two punch as President Trump apparently blinked in the trade war, and inflation numbers came in a little bit higher than expected. Now, stock markets surged as gold and silver both dropped after U.S. trade representatives said they would delay some of the additional tariffs recently announced by President Trump a couple of weeks ago and even exempt some products. The Dow closed 372 points higher on Tuesday. Meanwhile, the price of gold dropped below $1,500 briefly before rallying back above that key number later in the day. But gold actually began selling off before that trade war news when the consumer price index number came in hotter than expected. Of course, inflation is actually good for gold. Gold is an inflation hedge, right? So why are investors selling gold when they see signs of inflation? Well, because they still believe the Fed is going to try to fight it. They still believe that Powell and company might just back off rate cuts or maybe even raise rates to fight inflation. This is a case where conventional wisdom is wrong. I've said this over and over again. The Fed can't raise rates anymore. It's going to have to keep cutting. There is just too much debt. Government debt, corporate debt, consumer debt. The economy cannot function with higher interest rates. That's why the stock market completely tanked last fall. So no, the Fed isn't going to fight inflation, even if it wants to. As Peter Schiff put it in his podcast this week, the Fed is going to take rates back to zero no matter what these numbers are, because the economy is going into recession, even as inflation rises. As far as the trade war stuff, look, I don't even know what to say about it. Every trade war tweet creates these huge market swings. I almost feel like the trade war has become a policy in and of itself. It's taken on this life of its own. It's like there really isn't any intention of ever resolving it. It feels like it's more useful for Trump to have a trade war than it would be to win it. I mean, anytime the president wants to divert attention from something else, all he has to do is tweet some trade war rhetoric and the markets will run around like Pavlovian dogs. Anyway, the bottom line is Trump blinked, or he appeared to blink, and the stock markets threw a little party. Gold was left standing outside with the other uncool kids. But that party did not last very long. On Wednesday, the bond market flashed recession, and the stock market had its worst single day of the year. The Dow dropped 800 points, and the S&P 500 shed about 3% after the 10-year, 2-year Treasury yield curve inverted. Gold rallied, gaining about 14 bucks. Now, it was the first time the yield on the 10-year bond has dropped below the two-year Treasury yield since June 2007, the cusp of the Great Recession. This is significant because yield curve inversions have preceded all nine recessions since 1955. So here's the Finance 101 simple explanation of what's going on. In general, investors demand a higher rate of return for locking their money up in long-term bonds, and yield curves normally tend to slope upward. The rate of return on a two-year bond will typically be less than the rate of return on a 10-year. 
During economic expansions, inflation expectations tend to rise. As a result, investors demand even higher yields for long-term bonds to offset this effect. A sharply upward-sloping yield curve generally means investors are optimistic about the future. But investors tend to believe inflation is going to fall during a recession, so that puts downward pressure on long-term yields. The difference between long-term and short-term yields flatten and eventually invert as recession fears grow. And yet many mainstream pundits seem to still be optimistic. One trader told Reuters this certainly isn't a sign of an impending recession. And it may not be. Most analysts say they would need to see the curve remain inverted for an extended period before they would call it a recession signal. But I don't think you need yield curve inversions to tell you a recession is coming. I've been saying we're crawling toward a recession for months. I mean, we're way overdue. Honestly, I think the Trump tax cuts kicked the recession can down the road. I think if Hillary had been elected, we'd already be in a recession. I also think the fact that the Fed abandoned interest rate normalization earlier this year bought the economy a little bit more time. But the recession is coming. The bubbles are going to burst. Anyway, back to bonds. The yield on the 30-year Treasury also dropped to a record low of 2.015% on Wednesday. One analyst told Reuters this indicates that the Fed is sitting between a rock and a hard place. This is something I've been saying as well. The latest move on the long end of the U.S. curve is sending the Fed a clear message. The notion of a slow, methodical mid-cycle adjustment is very much in question, and at the same time, so is the efficacy of lower rates to solve the issues at hand. So yeah, the Fed's host. Peter Schiff has said all along he thinks long-term yields are eventually going to go up when the mainstream finally realizes we're heading toward an inflationary recession. Think stagflation. He said he thinks the long end is going to be rising because of higher inflation and because of waning demand for U.S. Treasuries in the face of exploding supply, especially when we move into recession. So after all of that, gold is trading at about $1,512 per ounce as I record this podcast. It appears to be dropping a bit in early morning trading. On the week, we're looking at the possibility of a slight gain, depending, of course, on what happens in today's trading. But we are off the highs that we saw during the middle of last week. We got a little bit of economic data yesterday that I'd categorize as mixed. U.S. retail sales surged in July, climbing by a better-than-expected 0.7%. But on the other side of the coin, industrial production fell by 0.2%, marking the second drop in the last four months. Weekly jobless claims, which are considered a rough way to measure layoffs, rose by 9,000 to 220,000. That was a six-week high. Now, here's something to put those retail sales numbers in perspective. Total outstanding consumer debt surged to over $4.1 trillion in the second quarter, according to the latest data released by the Federal Reserve. The quarterly gain from Q1 to Q2 came in at $60 billion. That's the biggest second quarter increase in household debt or consumer debt since Q2 2016. Over the last 12 months, American consumers have piled on an additional $208 billion of debt. Revolving credit, that means credit cards primarily, increased at an annual rate of 5.3% in Q2. Americans currently owe $1.07 trillion on their plastic. According to Wolf Street, this was a record for a second quarter and was only topped by the holiday shop and borrow season in Q4 2018. So when you see these big retail sales increases, remember that a lot of this spending is on credit cards. Basically, American consumers are propping up the U.S. economy with money they don't have. 
Meanwhile, bankruptcies are increasing. While still below Great Recession levels, analysts say there is an uptrend. According to data released last week by the American Bankruptcy Institute, U.S. bankruptcy filings rose by 3% in July 2019 from July 2018. Another bit of news from across the pond. Analysts say gold could surge to over $1,600 an ounce, with the European Central Bank looking at releasing a significant easing package at next month's monetary policy meeting. In an interview with the Wall Street Journal, Finnish Central Bank Governor Olli Rehn raised the prospect of new easing measures. He said, quote, It's important that we come up with a significant and impactful policy package in September. When you're working with financial markets, it's often better to overshoot than to undershoot, and better to have a very strong package of policy measures than to tinker. As one analyst put it, everyone is now cutting interest rates aggressively and in a race to the bottom, gold wins. I want to close the show out with a bit of history that I bet you didn't hear mentioned in the mainstream. 48 years ago yesterday, Richard Nixon closed the gold window. In a nutshell, that severed the dollar's last connection to the gold standard, making it a purely fiat currency. By fiat currency, I mean it is backed only by the <clears throat> good name of the U.S. government. When he announced the closing of the gold window, Nixon said, quote, Let me lay to rest the bugaboo of what is called devaluation. And he promised, your dollar will be worth just as much as it is today. This was a lie. According to Consumer Price Index data, the dollar has lost more than 80% of its value since Nixon's fateful decision. Meanwhile, the dollar value of gold has gone from $35 an ounce to about $1,500 an ounce. Practically speaking, that means if you had stashed an ounce of gold along with 35 bucks under your bed in 1971, today the value of that gold would buy you an expensive tailored suit. The $35 in cash, that won't get you a pack of fancy underwear. This was predictable, of course. It's a predictable consequence of abandoning sound money. Of course, it has been a boon for the government. With nothing backing the currency, the central bank can create dollars at will, and it does. This allows the government to borrow and spend. With the gold standard, there would be no $22 trillion federal debt. So thanks, Tricky Dick. We appreciate you ruining our money. If you want to learn more about how to make the best of your investments in this world of fiat money, I highly recommend talking to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist. They can explain the nuances of what's going on and help you protect your portfolio from the erosion of the dollar that is only going to continue. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160. Well, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links for all of this stuff and other goodies on our show notes page. So once again, thank you for listening to the podcast, and I'll talk to you again next week.